Howdy, howdy, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to week number seven of the Get Around After Dark presented by Jimmy John's. Our lovely Audible viewers, thank you for joining us yet again for our breakdown of all the happenings and prep football for week seven of this already far past season. It seems like it went by pretty fast and, you know, we're moving in. Teams are starting to get their playoff berths, with a, which a few teams in the area were fighting for today and a few of them accomplished that feat. And we have a lot of the analysis from our games that I went out to this week. I was at Thurlby Field for Trevor City West's second home game of the season against Cadillac and their homecoming game nonetheless. Uh, James went all the way out to Glen Lake for the NMFL Leaders Division game in which Glen Lake is fight, was fighting for its playoff hopes and Kingsley is looking to keep on rolling as this season goes along. Only have one loss to Traverse City St. Francis up until this game, but we'll get into that with James later on. And we're going to have Brett on to talk about the Traverse City St. Francis and Sheboygan game. He got a chance to talk to Coach Josh Schellers after their trip up to Sheboygan. So without further ado, we do have quite a bit to get to and not so much time on this Friday evening. I will start off with the game that I saw this weekend. I traveled out to Thoroughby, obviously homecoming for Traverse City West, so... Big game for them, but they came in against a Cadillac team that was 1-5, and five, and they their only big north win came against Alpena. But just right off the top, TC West did exactly what they had to do, and I think they played their best game of the season today. They had all three phases of the game show up and show up big. They had a defensive score. They had some big plays by their kicker, Ruben Martinez, including a 45-yard field goal and a 40-yard field goal. Going 3-for-3 three three on the day in Traverse City West's 42-0 win over Cadillac. Traverse City West now moves to 3-0 in the BNC, holding tight to their own destiny. And, you know, Brett, they really looked the best out of any game that I've seen them play. And they scored, they doubled their complete offensive point total. Uh, the most they scored before this was 21. They got 42 in this game and pitched their second shutout of the season. You know, I really think that they put it all together, and they're starting to get it together at the right time. They have Gaylord next week, who stumbled against Petoskey this week, and they kind of have a lot at stake in, in week number eight. They have a chance to get a playoff berth, and if they beat Gaylord, they guarantee themselves at least a share of the Big North Conference title. So I know they're very hyped getting into next week, but, I mean, after hearing this, Brett, do you think this just reaffirms your you and James is the assumption that they are going to walk away with the BNC? Oh, yeah. I, I think they're going to run the table, and they're going to win a conference championship for the second year in a row. But what I think West fans and you know maybe even the team itself should sort of, uh, you know, don't look at this game as fool's gold. Yes, 42 points, twice as many points as you've scored in any game to this point of the year. But it was against Cadillac, who struggled all season. They're now 1-6. I get that Wes did a few things that we haven't seen before, namely passing the ball. Yeah, which I haven't even got to yet. But. Yeah, uh, you know, Sam DeKuyper threw a couple of touchdown passes, which, you know, is big in, in terms of just getting that on film and giving opponents something else to worry about other than the running game. But the only, the only thing that I'm saying, you know, temper ideas is just don't assume that the way they – threw the ball or put up points against Cadillac means that those are the kind of points they're going to score the rest of the season or as they get into the postseason. 
they're still going to be hanging their hats on their running game. They're still going to be hanging their hat on their defense. And, you know, I would expect more similar outcomes to what we've seen throughout the early portion of the year, more so than a 42 to nothing blowout. But yes, West is the best team in the BNC. I think they're going to beat Potoski and Gaylord uh, and, you know, walk into the postseason feeling pretty good about themselves. Well, yeah, and that's one thing you did mention is their defense showed up, their offense showed up, and as I already mentioned, their special teams did. And, you know, after watching this game, it may be fool's gold for a lot of people, but I've been waiting for Traverse City West to kind of convince me that they are going to be the ones in the Big North. And I think this game did it for me because I saw them change up their offensive attack you know in the first two possessions of the game Sam DeKuyper they went three plays Christian Boivin started off with a couple big runs for Traverse City West before Sam DeKuyper made a good play action and found Seth Gallagher wide open in the end zone and started off the game really hot and then on the next defensive possession they go they push Cadillac to go three and out Gallagher has a huge sack that pushes them back all the way down to inside their own 10 and Odin Safardini gets a hand on the punt, so it only goes down, not even past midfield, and on the very next play that Travis City West comes out on, Sam DeKuyper throws a 43-yard dart back to Seth Gallagher for another score, and that's the type of play that I haven't seen out of Traverse City West, and I don't think that it's something that you'll see very often. You know, these chances come few and far between, but I think it's something that Traverse City West is going to be able to keep teams from here on out honest with. And the fact that they were able to wait till week eight to kind of bust this out and be able to show that it works shows to me that they are still building and growing throughout the season. And, you know, basically what they did in this game is they told me that they are the favorites and they are going to walk away with the BNC title. You know, what I would have liked to have seen is West somehow have a non-conference game towards the back of their schedule, that you go out and have a game like this and maybe you have quality non-conference opponent that you can see if you can pass the game on a consistent basis in a second week but now you know I don't think either game against Gaylord or Protoski is necessarily going to be easy by any means for West so you know you can't just come out guns blazing and see if you can keep this passing attack rolling you might be able to pick your spots and, and see if you can get a play action pass or something downfield in here or there but I would expect you know as I said before I think uh, it's good. We're going to see a lot of running game from, from West in these final two games. Yeah, no doubt about that. I know that Traverse City does not plan on going away from their, from their regular attack. But moving on from the Traverse City West, we do have some other 11-player football to get to. Uh, big game for Benzie Central trying to make their way back to the playoffs for the first time since 2011. They squeezed out a win over Grayling 42-36. They're now 4-3. and three. And, you know, subpar two and three in the NMFL Legends Division. But once again, you that know. That doesn't matter if they win their last two games. Exactly. Both both at home against Boyne City in Week 8, who's having a down year, a chance for Benzie to take advantage. And then, I mean, can you imagine if it comes down to Week 9, sitting at five wins, and Benzie Central welcomes in Frankfurt. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, a rivalry there uh, between Frankfurt and and Benzie and Frankfurt lost tonight. You'll, we'll hear about them in a second. Uh, you know, they're four and three, so hard to believe, you know, just a couple of years ago, Benzie not having a football program, that they're to this point already. The, the coaching staff over there, Jason Cott's doing a, a great job, and this is 
a potential playoff berth I'm going to be watching really closely to see see for the Huskies. Yeah, just from that game, just a quick stat line. Joe Wade, their quarterback, went 6 for 10 passing for 118 yards and three touchdowns. He also added a score on the ground and garnered an interception on defense. So he definitely led the Huskies to that win. Up next for us is the Johannesburg, Lewiston Cardinals, who have surprised a lot of people this year. They had a really hard-fought game against a previously undefeated Harbor Springs team. They handed them their first loss of the season by a score of 18 to 15. Joe Berg is now six and one and four and zero in the NMFL Legacy Division. I mean, did anybody expect Joe Berg to be this hot at this part of the season? Maybe not necessarily when the season began, but they've played well. And you know, looking at common opponents and how these teams have played heading into this matchup it, it looked like a good game and it certainly was that it's it's a tough blow for harbor springs because they kind of had inverted schedules this was harbor springs last conference game so if harbor wins this one they they would have wrapped up the conference championship and it would have been over but now you know they've let Joburg put their foot in the door and if they win their last two which are both conference games then They'll walk away with it. Then they'll walk away with it. Our last 11-player football game, just to give you in a quick roundup, is the one that Brett mentioned earlier. Frankfurt taking the loss to Elk Rapids. Elk Rapids now 5-2. and two. I know being led by Gordy LaFontaine, doing some big things. But, you know, squeezing past Frankfurt. Frankfurt's had a bit of trouble this year, especially with putting up points on the board offensively. I mean, it was 21-21 to 21 at halftime, so obviously Frankfurt was unable to score at all in the second half. There was just no way around it, and like you said, this really does set up for a very interesting late-season schedule to see if some of these normal powerhouses are going to be able to eat their way into the playoffs. Now, Frankfurt has to win out to guarantee themselves a spot, and one of those games is against Benzie Central. Now, we are going to talk to Brett about the Traverse City St. Francis and Sheboygan game. He had a chance to speak with Coach Josh Schellers on their way back from Sheboygan. So, Brett, what did Coach Josh Sellers have to say after their big win against Sheboygan to move them to 7-0? and Yeah, 49-8. to They did give up one second-quarter touchdown to Sheboygan, but uh, Coach Sellers was pretty happy. You know, they've historically, to this season, mind you, they've started slow fairly often, and that was a point of emphasis, he said, in practice this week, was that, guys, we need to get off to a fast start. We need to bury teams early. We're that much better than... And these guys, we need to go now because once the postseason gets here, you can't wait to put your foot on the gas. And well, yeah, and they've done a pretty good job the last two weeks because they started off last week with that kickoff return touchdown by Danny Passano. So I think they're getting That's true. a good trend. That's true. But, they, uh, yeah, they scored 21 first-quarter points tonight. Uh, three different players scored. Uh, Colin Endress, actually the backup quarterback for St. Francis, but he comes in once in a while for a passing down. He hit tight end Henry Carroll for a 44-yard touchdown. That was the the first score of the game, and then George Mackey ripped off a 63-yard run, and Passanel ripped off a 22-yard touchdown run, and I mean, at that point, even though it was the first quarter, it was pretty much over. It's 35-8 to at halftime, and they added a, a touchdown in each the third and fourth quarters. Now, I know that this is kind of looked at as playoff prep at this point, since they have already clinched that playoff berth. With a few, you know, easier games coming here at the end of the season, do you think that is a bad thing for Traverse City St. Francis, or do you think that they are only going to keep their foot on the pedal? Oh, not at all. And for St. Francis, I mean, they're used to this. It's a down year for St. Francis if they're not playing playoff prep football, you know, the last two, three weeks of the year. 
And I, I did want to bring up, I, I just found it kind of interesting because at least in my time here at the Record Eagle, I think this is the first year that only one team in our coverage area had qualified for the postseason in the minimum number of weeks. St. Francis was our only team to start the season 6-0. and So I was like, what, one of 30, one of 31, mm-hmm. 32 teams? So kudos to them, and, and that just shows how difficult it is to even start 6-0, and let alone run off a completely undefeated schedule. But but no, I, I don't think this is bad. This is exactly what St. Francis wants, and they can continue to cross the T's and dot the I's here in the last couple weeks and continue to work on, on little things that will be big things once the postseason arrives. And I know it will be no cupcake for Traverse City St. Francis to finish the season undefeated. They do have that Week 9 matchup against New Lothrop at home, another powerhouse. That that has to be something that they're looking forward to on their schedule to see exactly how they will bode come playoff time. But as always, you know, the Gladiators are doing what they do best. They're blowing out teams, and they're rolling into the playoffs hot. So I know we look to get into a lot of more action with them as the season goes on. Now we do have a few eight-player football games to update all of you lovely Audible viewers on. We had three get into us this week, starting off with Brethren and Misik. Brethren did top Misik 36-22. Misik now falls to 3-4. and four. They will host Bear Lake for their pink-out game next Friday. So they are sitting right at that edge of maybe being able to do anything here in the playoffs, but... It's kind of a bad loss for them here at the end of the season against a Brethren team that, you know, hasn't been able to really dominate all season. Yeah, that's a tough go for Misik. And, I mean, it doesn't completely sink their playoff hopes. They could still win the last two games and get in perhaps on points. But at this point, you just got to buckle down and do the best you can. And, you know, you're going to need a little help. And another game that was a little bit more lopsided than we expected uh, was the Sutton's Bay and Central Lake game. Central Lake has taken a bit of a step back since their state championship season last year when they made that miracle playoff run up to the Uperdome. Sutton's Bay still rolling, now 6-1, and one, playoff eligible. They beat Central Lake 55-6. to six. I mean, after what you saw at Central Lake last year and the performance they put up this year, I mean, how big of a step back do you think this is? Well, I mean, it's a tough loss because it's their fourth of the year. It, it, you know, the playoffs scenario is not looking good for the Trojans. But, you know, turnover happens in high school football, and teams take steps back. And, I mean, certainly no, especially with their, their two-headed monster running backs, uh, Spangler and Papineau. You know, we weren't expecting this type of regression, but Gavin Mortensen was a huge piece of that offense, the quarterback, last year. And uh, it turns out it was not as simple as just handing those two guys the football. And Suns Bay was a good team last year. They've continued that this year. You know, I, I guess I was a little surprised it was 55-6. to six. Was I surprised that Suns Bay won? No, because, uh, you know, Central Lakes had some varied results this year, and, and, and Suns Bay has been pretty consistent. So, you know, tough one for the Trojans, but they can, uh, they can hold on to the fact that they were state champions last year. Yeah, I mean, the biggest note from this game is that Central Lakes' offense was only held to 73 total yards of offense, and that's kind of a big shock after the performance we saw Papineau and Spangler put up just a week ago with, I believe it was over 70 rushing attempts and close to 500 yards on the ground. So that's definitely not something that I expected at this point. I thought they were going, they were getting better, 
but you know this has kind of been the story of their season not being able to you know step up in those big games and really make a statement when it counts the last eight player football game that we do have to cover is the forest area warriors they fell to the wyoming triunity christian one of those eight-man football powerhouses this year who have been beating a lot of our area eight-man teams they lost 28 to 6 forest area now falls to four and three only one and three in their conference and they go to play central lake next week so that'll be a matchup to see you know who can really put their stuff together and forest area still has a shot at the playoffs you know a very good shot at the playoffs so hopefully they'll be keeping their chances alive against the defending state champs and i think forest area could be a dangerous team they've I've seen them play this year. They've got some dangerous athletes, and you look at a 28 to six score against an undefeated Tri Unity team that you know you look at as a top five team in eight man. And I mean, no loss is a good loss, but it's certainly respectable. And you know, if, if Forest Area can sneak into the playoffs, that's not a five win team I'd want to play in the first round. Of course, and a couple guys did show up pretty big, even though they only had six points put on the board. Eric Burke had over 100 yards with 107 yards rushing, and Lane Lindsay had 101 yards rushing. So they weren't completely shut down. I'm sure there were some things out of that game that they took positively, but like you said, Triunity Christian is top five in eight-man football in the state of Michigan. So now we are going to have James Cook join us on the road. He went out to the Kingsley and Glen Lake game for the salute to service first annual game where the new trophy has been presented and the teams will try to play a annual crossover game. Alrighty, now we have James Cook joining us from the road after he just got done with the Kingsley and Glen Lake game. The first annual salute to service game, they just brought out a new trophy. So James, I mean, what was this first game's atmosphere like? And obviously, you know, Glen Lake's been fighting for its playoff hopes and it didn't turn out so well for them this evening uh no it was you know it was the game was uh the, so the pregame ceremonies involving the game with the uh, salute to service stuff uh you know were pretty similar to the uh the easy patriot game you know which is something that uh tim were also is involved in you know a really really cool moving uh experience you know that the team greeted all the veterans shook their hands both the coaches addressed the crowd um, they had a you know pregame tailgate for all the uh, all the veterans and the veterans got it for free. You know, it was just a, a pretty cool thing uh, that, that they really organized in two weeks. Like they hadn't planned this game more than two or three weeks ago. And they also got a new trophy too, isn't it? Uh, a metal eagle or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I tweeted out a photo of that. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool looking metal eagle. Uh, you know, you know, bald eagle, of course, from the United States. And everything, and uh, Kingsley gets to take that home this year, and uh, it's going to be uh, hopefully a, an every year thing where Glen Lake and Kingsley can play each other in the uh, Northern Michigan Football League crossover game, and uh, you know whichever team is hosting that year gets to host the game. Now, I do want to talk about this game and its implications in general. Obviously, both of these teams are. Well, both these teams are fighting for a playoff spot. Kingsley now has a spot in the playoffs after taking their sixth win. What type of statement did the Stags make by really beating Glen Lake? The final score, 56-22. to 22. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty big statement, I think. Uh, you know, they, they didn't punt until well into the third quarter. They, you know, Glen Lake just had a hard time stopping them on defense. They just continually ran the ball. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't 
remember that they even threw the ball in the first half, aside from on two-point conversion. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was just a, a pretty impressive win for them. Uh, I mean, Aiden Mullen and then Jason Caballero um, were just a, a dynamic duo at running back. They combined for over 300 yards and seven touchdowns, and then also scored several of those two-point conversions. Now, obviously, Kingsley has secured that playoff berth. What do you think a win like this says for their season going forward? Does this mean that Kingsley's for real and needs to be watched out for come playoff time? I think so, definitely. If they keep this going, you know, I mean, um, kind of the, the sky's the limit kind of for them. You know, I think uh, they've got a lot of momentum going. They're 6-1 and one now. Their only loss is to Traverse City St. Francis. You know, and I think if you go back and replay that game now, maybe that's a little closer than it, than it was back then because the Kingsley just has, you know, a lot of swagger now and a lot of confidence after some, after a couple of big wins here. Um, and, uh, you know, it has to – I think that will translate well into the playoffs. Now to switch to the other side of things just before I let you go, James. For Glen Lake, does this basically solidify that they are going to miss the playoffs? Um, I think they can still get in at five and four. Um, if they can win out, you know, they got Charlevoix next week, which is a game that they would be favored in. I mean, Charlevoix's uh, only got one win this season. So I, I, I think they can win that one. Then they got to, you know, finish it off in week nine and uh, get in at five and four. Hope they can get in there. You know, I mean, there's I've, I've seen worse resumes get in at five and four. And the fact that uh, um, their losses have all been to pretty good teams will also help in the new, in the, the point, uh, playoff point. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us from the road, James. We do appreciate you, especially after that game running a little late with homecoming festivities and the salute to service. But we will see you back on for the get around on Monday. Now that is going to do it for our wrap up and roundup of week seven of the prep football season. But before we go, we do have some housekeeping things to take care of. We would like to mention our winner from last week on the Get Around After Dark for our two free Jimmy John's sandwiches. The winner is Colette Champagne. So we will be sending out a direct message to you to try and get a hold of you so we can send out those coupons. But while we're at it, we do like to mention this week's episode of the Get Around After Dark is also primed and ready for a giveaway if you do share this episode on twitter or facebook make sure you give us a like a retweet or a share you will be automatically entered into winning two free sandwich coupons from traverse area jimmy johns so make sure that you show us to your friends and maybe we can get you fed for free next week make sure that you take a look out for our sports e-newsletter that comes out on saturday mornings it'll give you the biggest happenings and all the big games from Friday night sports, along with any prep action that happened just before the weekend commences. So keep a lookout for that. We will be back next Tuesday for yet another episode of The Get Around. Our normal show will be featuring plenty of prep action along with another student-athlete guest. We would appreciate it if you would come back to join us. Make sure you take a look out in the Traverse City Record Eagle for all of our stories from this past weekend, including the Traverse City West game, the Traverse City St. Francis game, and the Kingsley and Glen Lake game, along with any other news and sports updates that you will need. But without further ado, my name is Jake Adnip. I have been your host this evening. I hope all of our lovely Audible viewers have enjoyed yet another episode of the Get Around After Dark presented by Jimmy John's. We will see you on Tuesday.